Greetings, church. Gracious and warm welcome to you as we continue uh, our time together this week, as now we are looking at our gospel text, uh, which will be coming out of John. It's a text that we normally have from our other gospels, our synoptic gospels, meaning Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that sort of have this this uh, synchronous relationship to the, the the text will be the cleansing of the temple and that's actually our text for Monday of Holy Week uh, would be the time where we'd want to be reading that because that's what happens on Monday of Holy Week but now we get it here and so we, we get to read about Jesus uh, going nuts and not just being the nice little fluffy Jesus but a different kind of Jesus uh, Jesus that we tend to not expect and yet he comes that way anyways Before we do that, let us have our psalm. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard, yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from his wedding canopy. And like a strong man runs its course with joy, its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hid from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great reward. But who can detect their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. I love that psalm, as usual. But there is this call for us now as we head into the gospel reading that the meditations of our hearts might be pleasing unto God, acceptable. We're going to be in John chapter 2, starting at verse 13. The Passover of the Jews was near. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body, and after he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. It's the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So the Passover was near, so everyone would be going up to Jerusalem. I, th- I think every man uh, age 15 or 20 or older, something like that, had to go to Jerusalem. 
And in the temple, he finds this marketplace. There would have been a market for a while out on the Mount of Olives where people could buy their sacrifices that they would need for uh, the Passover or for any other situation. Uh, and here, for this year, for the Passover, apparently Herod decided, well, we'll just move it into the courts of the Gentiles in the temple. Make it easier, make it more convenient. People can just do one-stop shopping. They come, they buy their sheep, they take it in. It's sacrifice, they take the meat, they get to sit down and eat it as a family. We'll be good to go. It's like McDonald's, assembly line, boom. Well, Jesus shows up and he sees all these things happening. He sees them selling all these animals, sees the money changers seated at the table, and then he makes a whip and he drives people out of the temple, including the animals. And he also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables. And then he also gets upset at those who were selling doves. There's this whole level of problems here. Um, we, we've been st we just studied this in, uh, in Bible study as we took a look at the text from Mark. But here you have transactionalism at its finest turning the temple of God, this place of Sabbath, this place of rest, this place in which we are to encounter God, we are to pray, we are to receive from him his gifts, his benefits, and it's turned into a transaction. You show up, you buy your stuff, you do the deed, you're good. And Jesus is like, no, that's not how any of this works. And he wants to get them out of there because number one, they're taking up the space that was used for those who were not Jewish, the, the Gentiles, the other nations who were uh, worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, taking up the space where they were able to have for prayer. That'd be like us taking out the back pews of the church and putting in an arcade. Think of it that way, an arcade to be able to raise some more money. That's a problem, right? Well, then you have the money changers who've decided that other people's money is too dirty we only need the, the temple shekel. And so we're, and we're gonna charge a, a little bit of a percentage so that we get something out of it. They're making people pay more for their offering. That would be like you putting money in the offering plate, but we only keeping a certain percentage of it for the work and the ministry that we do here. The rest of it we uh, give to the ushers for collecting it, or whatever the case may be. That was a problem. And then the biggest problem of all was the people selling doves, because the doves were the uh, sacrifice used by the poor. They couldn't afford a sheep, so they were allowed to use doves, uh, just to, you know, to be able to participate in the sacrificial process. And here Jesus says, get this stuff out of here. You've turned to my father's house, this place in which we are to gather for hospitality and love in the presence of God, and you've turned it into a market. Or in the other reading says, you've made it a den of thieves, meaning it's a place where you can continue to plot your destruction of one another. And then we have this big issue of the disciples remembering the Psalms that, that it says the zeal of your house will consume me. I believe it's the Psalms or it's Jeremiah, one or the other. And then we have the leadership getting mad at him, saying, well, what, what do you show us? What authority do you have to be able to do this thing? And he says, well, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. And we find out that he's talking about his body, where they're coming to him and they're wanting his CV. They're wanting to know how he really thinks he could do this thing. And he has to let allude to the fact that they are going to kill him soon. They have a problem with him because he wants to remove their religion from them. 
That's basically what Jesus is doing here. Getting rid of all the outward signs of what religion would be and saying, no, it's focused instead on this Father who is your Father and my Father, he's saying, but then also upon me, the real temple, the true temple that has come, the presence of God, the literal presence of God in the world. And then we hold on to verse 22 because it ties into what John has to say throughout his whole entire gospel. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The whole entire gospel of John is this push towards faith, towards trusting in Jesus, remembering things that Jesus did and said that are enough for us to say, yes, he is that Jesus. He is the Messiah, the Son of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This ties into John's mission statement that he has near the end of the Gospel of John, in which he says, These things I have written so that you might uh, believe in Jesus Christ and know that you have life in his name. And that's the whole purpose here, Jesus clearing out the temple, even deciding that it's time to get rid of the temple as a place of worship, and instead making sure that it is he himself that we cling to, getting rid of all of our outward religion and holding on to him. Let us pray. Holy God, through your Son, you have called us to live faithfully and act courageously. Keep us steadfast in your covenant of grace and teach us the wisdom that comes only through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, church, we will see you on Sunday, hopefully. Uh, Otherwise, go in peace, serve the Lord. See you next week.